Here at Lady Farmer, we talk about so many different aspects of slow and sustainable living, a subject matter that can at times feel confusing, overwhelming, even misleading. And that's why a few years ago, we set out to write a book that might be a guide for those seeking a life of beauty, simplicity, and sustainability. We're thrilled to be able to offer you our own small guide for cultivating slow living, sustainable simplicity close to home available in our online marketplace. In the book, you've woven an easy-to-digest narrative of stories, recipes, tips, resources, ideas, and reflection. This collection of essays and resources will guide you to think about your own relationship to the planet, what you eat, what you wear, and how you live a sustainable lifestyle. It also contains a 21-day slow-living challenge of daily thought exercises to lead you in the process. For you Good Dirt listeners, we are offering free shipping of this wonderful little book with the code THEGOODDIRT in our online marketplace. So use the code THEGOODDIRT, T-H-E-G-O-O-D-D-I-R-T at checkout when you go to purchase your copy of The Lady Farmer Guide to Slow Living in our online marketplace for free shipping. That's The Good Dirt at The Lady Farmer online marketplace for free shipping on The Lady Farmer Guide to Slow Living. We hope you enjoy it. Thanks, everybody. Hello. Welcome, everyone, to our first episode of Slow Living Through the Seasons, and welcome August. Here we are on August 1st precisely halfway between the summer solstice and the fall equinox. And just to note that throughout this podcast, I'm referring to the Northern Hemisphere, of course, and all of this applies to the Southern Hemisphere six months from now. Okay, so in the Celtic year, this day is known as Lunasa, a celebration of the first wheat harvest. And it was later transformed by the church into Lammas, or Loaf Mass Day, because worshipers would take the loaves of the first grains to Mass for a blessing. I love that. So technically, we're smack dab in the middle of summer, according to the movement of the earth around the sun, anyway. In the wider culture, however, there's already some murmuring about fall, mostly having to do with back-to-school preparations like buying school supplies and new clothes for the school year. More on that in a minute. So. Just to get started here, I'd, I'd like to ask a question. How does August feel to you? Most people, when asked that question, would probably respond right away by saying hot. So yes, in general, because it is summer, but it's a wonderful exercise to slow down enough to experience how the season is actually shifting all of the time. And to notice these subtle changes, the length of the day, the quality of the atmosphere, the slant of light, the night sounds, the colors and fragrances as they come and go. And these sensory experiences might actually be shifting you. And they often come with associations and memories that bring a lot of feeling with them. So let's try to remember to notice this month. What does August feel like to you and how does it affect you? I would say that for me, 
after the cross quarter day, when we're literally on the other side of summer, there is a perceptible shift in the light. It's very, it's very subtle. I, I don't know how to describe it other than to say, as we move closer to fall, things take on a kind of what I call a, a shimmer. I think I describe it that way because it comes along with a whole chorus of insect sounds that seem to increase this time of year. So it's sort of a shimmery sound as well. I wonder how many of you know what I mean. So, so this, that shimmery quality that's just beginning in August brings with it a sense of excitement. I think for me, this stems from when I was a child and thinking about the new school year, a new teacher, new friends, and yes, new shoes. When I was in elementary school about the middle of August, we'd go shopping for that one new pair of Saddle Oxfords. I remember so well how those felt. They were so weighty and solid feeling after a summer of running around barefoot. And I remember the gleam of that new shiny brown and white leather. The real temptation was to wear them around before school started, but my friends and I all wanted them scuff-free on that first day of school. So we did our best to wait. So where am I going with this? I, I just mentioned this in the vein of slow living through the seasons to encourage you to pause every now and then and be aware of how it all feels. This is not to evaluate it, like to say if it's good or bad or whatever. Just observe it. Be in it. Step outside of the climate-controlled spaces and feel your environment. Be willing to sweat a little bit. Let your body do what it's meant to do in hot weather. Feel all of it in all the ways. Your senses, your memories, your associations. And allow yourself to be in August. Okay, now let's talk about gardening a little bit, about fall gardening, actually. Here in Zone 7, now is the time to be getting some of our cool season crops in. I won't be going over all the different zones and what to plant when. There are lots of resources on that for you to check for your own growing zone and climate. But what I am going to do is to make good on a promise I made to include Gardening by the Moon as part of this podcast. So as many of you have heard me explain before, gardening by the signs of the moon is an old Appalachian tradition that was still being practiced by the local farmers and gardeners when I grew up in the 60s and 70s. The old timers around would speak about planting potatoes in the feet or you got to plant your beans in the arms. What? It All sounded pretty mysterious and meant nothing to me then, but of course, now, I'm completely fascinated with it, and I'm learning as much about it as I can, given the very few resources I've been able to find. But there are a few, which I will be referring to as I go along, and will, of course, link in the show notes. So anyway, there is quite a bit to it, and it could get pretty confusing if you try to take in too much at once. So today... I'm going to give you an introduction to the basics of it and a few guidelines to follow if you're interested in practicing this method this month for a fall garden. So here we go. Basically, planting by the signs is a system for planning your gardening task around the moon's phase and its monthly passage through the 12 signs of the zodiac. And 
Each of these signs has a corresponding connection to a human body part. And all of these factors together will indicate the best days for what to plant when, weeding, harvesting, and so on. So leading into the first most basic principle to understand about it, you need to know that there are four quarters of the moon cycle. The first quarter beginning with the new moon that grows through the second phase until the full moon. This is what's called the period of the waxing moon, getting bigger. The third quarter and the fourth quarter are the waning moon until the new moon when the new cycle begins. So in terms of planting, here is the first thing you need to remember. It's best to plant above ground crops in the waxing or the growing moon and below ground crops in the waning period. For instance, put in your peas, greens, and beans in the two weeks after the new moon, but wait for beets, carrots, turnips, potatoes, and all of that between the full and the new moon. Once you get your head around this first basic guideline, you can start expanding from there. The next thing to understand is the movement through the 12 signs of the zodiac. Most of us think of the movement of the sun through the zodiac over the whole year, but actually the moon moves through the 12 signs every month. Half of the signs are considered fruitful signs and half are considered barren. We'll talk about that next month, but for now, I'm just going to keep it really simple and give you a quick overview of best days this month. So today is the full moon starting the third quarter of the cycle which means that for the next 14 days, we'll be in the waning period. It's important to note here that we speak of these transitions in terms of days. For example, today is the full moon. But the full moon, as well as the new moon and the passage from one sign into another, are actually events that take place at a moment in time. It's helpful to have in mind the time of the full moon, etc., so that you can plan your activities accordingly. So the full moon actually occurs at 2.31 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time today. So up until that time, it is still waxing. And only after that moment can we say we're in the waning moon. Don't worry, you'll catch on. I consult the website astroseek.com for a more precise timing of the moon's shift from one phase to another. Because of the timing... Sometimes this affects the best days recommendations given in the Farmer's Almanac, maybe by a few hours or even a day. So if you're following the Farmer's Almanac or the old Farmer's Almanac, they're actually different publications, and you see this discrepancy, this is why. By the way, it just so happens that this month there are two full moons. The one that occurs today is called by some the Sturgeon Moon, and then there's a Blue Moon which is what the second full moon in a month is called, occurring on August 30th. These blue moons don't happen very often. The next one is a year from now, August 19th, 2024. And I'd like to think that it's an auspicious sign for this new podcast that we're starting in a month with two full moons. Don't you? Okay, so back to planting by the signs. We're entering the waning moon today which means that ideally you'll be planting root crops during this time. But there are fruitful days and there are barren days as the moon moves through the signs 
And we'll be learning all about that as we go along. But the full explanation of all that is too much information for today, believe me. So for now, I'm just going to give you the basic guidelines for the month. Are you ready? Don't worry about remembering all of this. You'll have links to everything in the show notes. Okay, during the waning moon, plant root crops on August 3rd and 4th in Pisces, August 7th and 8th in Taurus, and August 12th and 13th in Cancer. The new moon occurs this month on August 16th. So you'll want to plant above ground crops on the 19th after 8 a.m. through the 21st in Libra. Also on the 21st through the 23rd in Scorpio. This is especially good for vining plants. On the 26th after 9.05 a.m. through the 27th in Capricorn. And the 30th after 10 a.m. through the 31st in Pisces. Okay, got that? I know, it's confusing. But remember, in the show notes, you'll find a link to a recap of this information for a visual reference that's available for anyone, plus links to all of the resources mentioned in this podcast. Now, for members of the Lady Farmer Almanac, our online community, we've got a few extra links for you in the show notes as well. And if you're not a member yet, but you're interested in becoming one, the Good Dirt Supporter tier is a great place to start. And for those of you in the Good Dirt Supporter membership, we'll be providing a monthly printable planting by the signs of the moon calendar that you can download and print for a quick day-by-day guide. Okay, a word about sources here. I reference both the Farmer's Almanac and the Old Farmer's Almanac to follow the position of the moon. You can easily find these in many places, including online. And I rely heavily on a book published in 1993 called Raising with the Moon, The Complete Guide to Gardening and Living by the Signs of the Moon by Jack Pyle and Taylor Reese. My copy of this is literally dog-eared from use. I look at it almost every day. They've also written another one called You and the Man in the Moon, The Complete Guide to Using the Almanac, which is really helpful if you do decide to take on using one of the almanacs. They can be a bit confusing. You can get both of these books through the link in the show notes. All right, now, onward. I've also promised a word from the seasonal kitchen in each of these episodes. So. If you're inclined to baking bread at all, today is an excellent day to do that because in doing so, you're connecting with the ancient festival of Lunasa that I mentioned earlier, which is an ancient celebration of the first wheat harvest. I plan to do that very thing as baking bread always makes me feel very grounded. You know, making a loaf of bread is transforming all of the elements, earth, air, water, and fire. To create something for human sustenance. The process is slow and satisfying. And as you will agree, the result is also very satisfying. Nothing like your own home-baked bread. It's awesome. And I hope that by now you're all basking in the glory of tomato season. Whether or not you're a gardener. And I hope that wherever you are. 
that you have access to a garden or a farmer's market or a CSA where you can get the tomatoes super fresh and local. Around here, we will have fresh tomatoes for many weeks to come. And of course, if we get busy canning, freezing, or fermenting, we can enjoy them much longer. So today I want to share with you a favorite recipe that I got from our friend Kate Hill. She's an American who lives in the Gascony region of France and is a writer, a professional cook and teacher, and host of Relais de Camon, a creative residency and retreat center. She is at Kate de Camon on Instagram and has been a guest on The Good Dirt. We'll link that episode in her website below. You will want to listen to this one and hear how, as a young American woman, she found herself in the south of France, by way of a barge, by the way, and somehow ended up buying an old farm and is still there 30 years later. It's a great story. Don't miss it. And don't miss this tomato tart recipe. Tarte de tomate. I'll be making this several times over the season. It's easy and quick enough to make for yourself. And it's elegant enough for any summer brunch or dinner party. You will love it. Okay, and finally, speaking of the seasons, I want to circle back to the season of all the back-to-school buzz that's getting in full swing right now. There are a lot of consumer pitfalls in all of this, a lot of emphasis on buying things, so much more than when I was growing up, and the big purchase was that pair of saddle Oxfords. Lots of things and so-called needs that can easily take you out of the slow-living mindset. But never fear, Emma and I had a full discussion of all of this on a bonus episode, How to Make Back to School More Sustainable. We will link that below and also our interview with the founders of Wisdom Supply Company, Seeking Solutions to Waste in the School Supply Industry. That is episode number 135. It will really open your eyes to a whole new way of thinking about this particular ritual of buying. So I think that's enough for today. We would love to hear any questions, comments, or feedback you have to offer on this new venture. You can always email us at thegooddirtpodcast at gmail.com or call our voicemail at 443-459-1950. We really love hearing from you guys. Okay, until next time, let's slow down and embrace the season. Goodbye.